The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Well, and greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Okay, Terry, we are back for more of what we started last week. That's true, and uh, that is we're going to be presenting part two of The Way Back to God. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to make this a three-way conversation by including Narrowly Duffy, as we've done now for the past three weeks. Well, that's good. It's certainly <laughs> been fun so far, and I'm looking forward to where we're going to go today. Yes, I am too. Yeah, and without a doubt, this <laughs> subject, The Way Back to God, is really central to everything we hope to present on this program today. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Well, you know, the Masters have told us repeatedly that the goal of life is the ascension. So, you know, it's high time we got ourselves pointed firmly in an upward direction. To the stars. To the stars. To the stars and beyond. Well, to get us started, I think we should probably recap the highlights of our last show. You mind getting us started with that, Merle? <laughs> Recap the last show. Check okay, your memory. Okay, check my memory. Well, um, one of the things we reiterated is that the ascension is the goal of life, and a lot of us don't even realize that. So the first thing is to realize that there is a goal yep. and that you can achieve it. But it's not necessarily an easy path. There are lots of tests and trials, but I think most people are aware oh, yeah. that, you know, life is full of testing and trials these days. And it's really good to know that we've got friends in high places that can help us. Oh, yeah. The Ascender Masters and the angels, and we just have to invite them in. Very comforting. That's right. And, you know, we also covered how important it is for us to know the truth about our, our divine nature. Oh, yeah. Based on the example that Jesus gave us of putting on the mantle of Christhood. <laughs> yeah. And those nasty fallen angels were not spared our scrutiny either. You know, we know they're working overtime to keep us in the dark. But as we wake up, the fallen ones lose their leverage over us. And as their grip weakens, our focus strengthens and our homeward journeys accelerate. Well, I think we covered the basic highlights. Maybe just like the kitchen sink, everything was in there. (laughs) And we're certainly, uh, there's more details we're going to share today. And and we'll get to those important points later. Well, we certainly will. You know, and as we said last week, our show title is The Way Back to God. And, you know, quite frankly, this is the subject of every program we've ever done. Mm -hmm. When we speak of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, including everything from our I Am Presence and Christ Selves, to decrees, vada, flame, karma, reincarnation, the whole lot. We're always really talking about how we can accelerate our journey home to God. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. 
How can we accelerate our journey home to the heart of God? You want to take well, that, somebody? <laughs> well, let me just uh, throw this out there. First of all, you know, the ascension is a challenging road. Yep. And so, thankfully, you know, we've got help. We've got way showers, mm-hmm. which we refer to as the ascended masters. Yep. And so, I don't know. Narrowly, what, well, uh, what, you know, unless our, our pride blinds us, uh, we know that we need to keep picking our way <laughs> through Earth's challenging minefield. And, you know, you need help for that. And what's the best possible help we can have? It's from those that have already climbed the mountain. They've successfully navigated uh, this pathway. They're the way showers. Jesus was one. Buddha was one. And they're called the Ascended Masters. Well, and we are fond of talking about Jesus quite a lot for obvious reasons. We're here in the West, of course. But beyond that, it's one of our, I wouldn't call it a, uh, well, it's a a pet theme. Let's, Let's put it that way. That Christ is, in fact, the way shower for us to understand our potential as Christed beings. That when we talk about Jesus and the example that he set, that his mission was to show us what we are truly capable of. Not to say he was better, he was the icon. He, he even said, worship me not. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what we have to understand, and we repeatedly hit this over the head pretty hard, is that we are all Christ's in potential. We are all Christ's in becoming. This is the key to our ascension, is to put on this mantle, to put on these teachings, to put on this practice. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you said that Jesus is the rule and not the exception, and, yeah. I, and I think that's what he came to tell us, yeah. that we could be like him. And so often we've been told that he's the only one, he's the exception, you can't possibly oh, yeah. even be anything like him, so don't even try. But really, we have the same potential to put on the Christ that he demonstrated. And when you really study the Bible and mm-hmm. what's in there, that's really what he said, and that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, and when we talk about a path, a journey, a system of initiations, whatever, tests and trials, we understand pretty clearly that practice makes perfect. That, you know, this is not something that just magically happens. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's true. Um, You know, and spiritual advancement doesn't just, uh, it doesn't happen just magically, like you say. It takes concentrated focus, Mm -hmm. a willingness to learn, and to be God-taught. Yeah, and what does this practice look like? You know, we could shoot them off, prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, decrees, study, focusing on being good and doing good. Uh, yeah. we, remember we had that, uh, we, we said it once was, see the Christ? Yeah. Be the Christ. Be the Christ, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I love yeah. putting things on billboards. I think yeah. everybody who knows me knows that. <laughs> it's like, if I can distill it down to ten words yeah. or less. Well, the Dalai Lama distilled it down to one, didn't he? <laughs> kindness. It's, it's kindness. Think <laughs> yeah. of the simplicity of that message, and if we all really applied it, where would we be? Well, and as we... Where would the world be? Well, spirituality is not complicated. No. Yet, you know, it is still relatively uncommon. Yeah, and what are some of the things that we do? You know, here we practice, you know, we we do prayer, decrees, we study, we focus on being good and doing good. And so, you know, basically... Well, much of the focus and attention on today's world is on getting and having, you know, being entertained, feeling Mm -hmm. good, Mm -hmm. being content and comfortable. Yep. And, and by contrast, the forces of darkness would have us believe that the spiritual path is one of denial, um, deprivation, lack, hardship. But this couldn't be further from the truth, could it? No. Well, I mean, you know, again, it's the, it's the fallen angels telling us that this is how life has to be. Yeah. And I think most people inside their souls and their hearts, they're looking for something more. You yeah. know, I, I recently, a friend took me to an AA meeting. Oh. I'm not an, an alcoholic, <laughs> at least in this life. But uh, my friend took me, and she has been sober for 35 years. Oh, and it was so profound hearing people say that first step, which is we recognized that we were powerless to overcome this habit of alcohol. Oh. And furthermore, we found that we needed help. Yeah. 
And I think for a lot of us, that's true. We're, we're all, you know, I mean, how many of us can say our lives are going absolutely fabulously and that we don't need help? And, and you have yeah. to kind of recognize that, you know, in one sense we are powerless, but in another sense we have this incredible power of our mighty own presence and the intercession of the angels. And I think more and more people are just coming to that point in their lives where they're saying, you know, it's not going well the way I'm doing it. Something's missing. I've got to find God and I've got to get this act together. Well, and I hear you. I mean, I know we hear you that one of the things that we talk about all the time is, is well, I said it earlier, it was practicing. It's doing a, a regular practice like people who meditate, who pray, who go to church, whatever, that it's a way of instilling in our minds the intention, the positive idea of who it is we want to become. And in, you know, remember, I, I mentioned off camera, off camera, listen to me. <laughs> Hello, out there. Um, I mentioned off, off, mic. off mic that a um, mm-hmm. uh, great uh, uh, saying that I came across the other day was worry is praying for what you yes. don't want. Yes. Worry is praying for what you don't want. So the idea here is that we get what we focus on. Yeah. And if our, if our intention is to ascend, you know, the, the, the way back to God, if that's our intention, we have to know what that looks like. And if we don't know precisely, we can begin to put it on step by step, yeah. stage by stage, so that we begin to carry with us every day an idea of who this ascended being is that right. we will one day become. Right. We state our intention. We don't state it in the negative, what we don't want. We only state it in the positive, what we do want. Yeah, and there's something about the mind. The mind will will uh, will will move ahead with what you the way you state something. Well, you know, the mind uh, responds to pictures, and that's what's the great thing about that chart of the divine self oh, yeah. is that you have an image in front of you, and if you just spend a little few minutes each day focusing on that image, that will make an incredible difference oh, because yeah. you're drawing down that energy. And I think one of the plots, I hate to get back to the fallen ones, but one of the there. fallen angels' <laughs> plots is to separate you from God and to make you think that you're this miserable th- sinner yeah. and you can never get anywhere and you're the only one that's ever felt this way and you're just, your life's terrible and all the rest of it. And it's just a plot. It's well, not true. Do you remember last week we were talking about getting inside or underneath your psychology? And that was one of the points we made was that we don't realize sometimes the operating program that we're living by, that our subconscious mind has a set of tenets or beliefs, and we are living those because we're not challenging them. Yeah. We haven't gone in and said, now, wait a minute, I am not a worthless sinner. God, I am yeah. worthy. Make me worthier still. Have, Again, it's changing. Have you ever sat down and made a, a list of all those little false beliefs that you have? It, it's, it's amazing. You know, your mind just turns them out. You know, you're useless. Well, there you go again. Why <laughs> yeah, did yeah. you do that? Who do you think you are? Well, who do you think you are yeah. to think that you're God? I know, I know. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the 12-step program. I had a friend invite me to uh, a, a few of them back when I was living in Los Angeles. And the beauty of of this of this cosmic astrology that Mother Mary released is that there are 12 points mm-hmm. that that focus on the God qualities, and then and then we also learn the the anti God qualities or yeah, the, the perversions of them, yeah. the negatives. But there's that 12 step program, and yeah. so for people that are that are recovering alcoholics, it's a it's a great uh, a, an additional thing to study at the same time. Yeah. Oh, well, gosh. the interesting thing about the 12 steps is if you really follow them, it has in their forgiveness, mm-hmm. it has in their hope. Acceptance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has in there going to your brother and saying, you know, I, I need, I need to apologize to you. Here's what's happened to me. Cleaning you take a, a spiritual inventory oh, and, yeah. a, and a physical inventory, and where it actually leads you to is the spiritual path. And you know, again, this is a perfect um, dovetail into this. You know, the way back to God. That part of what we are really talking about, perhaps even the heart, the center of it, is freedom. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, there, there's liberation inherent in this. And people who, and I've not, I've not gone to an AA meeting, so I can't speak directly to that, but I understand, I think, basically the concept, because my dad was a liquor salesman. He knew a lot of people on that particular boat. And he would say, it's all a matter of how you look at it. It's right. all a matter of how you deal with it. And if you try to do it alone, you're less likely to get out of the hole. Mm. But if you embrace the fact you can't do it on your own, as you've said, mm. then we have all kinds of helpers. Well, that, and that's what I found when I went to this meeting. I mean, there was 50 people in a basement of a church yeah. in, in a city. And I'm going like, whoa. And they're <laughs> all just helping one another. Oh, and they're beautiful people. And they're beautiful people. And, they, and they're like, here's my phone number if you need help. And I said, well, thanks. There's all kinds of addictions, isn't there? Yeah. And one lady said, yeah, shopping. I said, yeah, there you go. <laughs> 12-step program. Yeah. That, that can, was their past life. Can I focus on something, this, this thing that Jesus said, you know, yeah. about not worshiping him? Basically, can you... Can you expand on this worship me not uh, yeah. a little bit narrowly? Yeah, because he was very clear on that. And so we kind of had a, a dilemma here. How do you adore the divinity that was in Jesus Christ without adoring the man who <laughs> embodied the Christ? Yeah. And it's the same you know, for right. any one of us. You can put somebody on a pedestal and have idolatry of them. Yeah. Or you can look at them and say, you know, great, there's the Christ in action. Right. So the answer is simple. We become the Christ, as Jesus demonstrated, uh, by imitating his example. And, you know, if you're, if you're a parent, you want your children to exceed whatever, whatever you've done. So he was just our supreme example of how we can find our way back to God. But, you know, my prophet used to say, you know, he was pretty human. Mm-hmm. He would sweat. His robe got dirty. <laughs> yeah. He walked in, along the dusty right. roads. I mean, they've been there. His oh, masters yeah. have been there. You know, I go back to something that we're all familiar with. Um, that question that was quite popular some oh, years yeah. back about, you know, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus what, do? You know, I mean, it was one of those great yardsticks. You ask mm. yourself, I'm, I'm going to, I want to do this. I want to do that. What would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this a little earlier, and it, it occurred to us that yeah. a slight variation on the theme is, what would your Christ self do? Yeah. yeah. You know, on the way back to God, that's your yeah. way of determining yeah. how much of it you're putting on yeah. and how much you're willing to put on. To get to the goal. And you know the really good thing is your Christ self is talking to you all the time, oh, telling okay. you what you should do, yeah. but we often don't listen. Just I know. tune in and listen. Just tune in and listen. And if you listen to that still small voice, you'll make less mistakes. Well, yes, you yeah, will. Yeah, you still make mistakes, but you're not a worthless sinner. Nope. So it's okay to yeah. uh, you know, err, to err as human, to forgive, forgive as divine. divine. Anyway, we've got to take a short break here, but please stay with us because when we return, we will play the final excerpt of one of Mark Prophet's legendary Sunday sermons. This is the sermon that focuses on the subject of the return to God with the emphasis on how. How. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org 
slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back, everyone. Um, quick note here. Um, we're referring to one of Mark Prophet's legendary Sunday sermons, and this program that you're listening to today is part two of The Way Back to God. If you're interested in listening to the first segments of this particular sermon, you will find those in the program titled The Way Back to God. No, no part one, just The Way Back to God. So just letting everybody know. So without any further ado, um, let's uh, listen now to Mark Prophet as he continues where he left off speaking about the birthright and heritage we all share as joint heirs with the universal Christ. We need them to understand that it is love that can lift us out of our imagination, our vanity, our delusion, that can change the world and create in Christendom and out of Christendom new patterns of freedom. They cannot happen based upon the old foundation because the old foundation is permeated with error. Man must understand that he does not need to repudiate God or repudiate Jesus the Christ because he repudiates the stratification of orthodoxy into folds of human density where error has actually permeated the whole foundation and we have sex fighting with sex and arguing and the terrible, terrible arguments that are brought forth do not cleanse the soul do not create attitudes of brotherhood do not produce the fruit of unity and deny us all the beauty of cosmic harmony Cosmic harmony is the nature of heaven, but it is so unnatural today upon earth that most of the cosmic beings and angels, when they come down to this world, to this octave, they are somewhat repelled by the base consciousness of mankind, and they do not therefore dwell and commune with men today as much as they tried to do in the past simply because of the weight of human density. You yourselves do not wish to go into a home where foul-smelling odors are in the atmosphere, where there's discord and jangle everywhere. You like yourself, every one of you, you like to be where there is happiness and love and music and laughter, because the nature of God is all of that. God is not austere himself, Austerity is practiced 
in divine speaking because the human is so wedded to the flesh that the mortification of the flesh becomes an essential factor in the freedom of man. Without the mortification of the flesh, without a certain amount of austerity, man cannot find his way to God. It is this. The promised land is over here. And man is over back, way back here. And because joy and happiness dwell in the promised land, not over here where man is, he has to cross the desert where he seems to be forsaken of God and man. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This sense that Jesus had as he hung upon the cross was indicative of the state of consciousness that the initiate must face when the initiate, cutting himself off from the world, has not yet produced the fruit of the promised land. Therefore, he must, as the children of Israel, go through the desert of self. Because on that desert, there are no milestones that he has created, no oases that he has made. And thus, he must pass over that land, over that tired and arid region, in order that he may find his way to the promised land. This is the field of testing. It is the arena of God-realization. Man then learns to realize God through this austerity that was not born of God, that is no part of the nature of God, but that is the natural manifestation of human karma, the law of cause and effect. That which comes full circle always returns then to its source. And when that occurs, the individual must receive that which he has sent out. Individuals say, well, this little child that wandered out on the path of an oncoming car, what did he do to deserve that? How do you know in this day and age that 20 years ago he was not out when the Charleston and Black Bottom were involved, dead drunk, and did not himself run over someone on the street and kill them? That he did not then pass from the screen of life and return now again? and have to suffer this experience in order that he might be able to realize at inner level that there was a law of cause and effect and understand how it worked. This is not the activity of God itself. God is not involved in evil. This is the activity of the persona, the mask, the personality of man, his doings, apart from God's doings, his sense of maya and illusion, apart from the reality of God. Man himself fabricates his own reality, but the reality that man fabricates is presided over by a cosmic framework, a framework of limitation, a framework of direction. And there is a cosmic hierarchy. The goddess of justice presides over it over a certain function thereof. And man does not escape. This is what is meant by the statement, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. This is the aspect of God that functions as law. But in this case, the left hand of God, functioning as law, does not know what the right hand of God, of God does, functioning as love. Do you understand this? In other words, God functioning as love 
is of too pure an eye to behold iniquity, and this is the basic nature of God. The other side was born of necessity. Man's doings created causes, and these causes had to manifest in the world of effects. But because man did not have honor enough, nor wisdom enough, nor strength enough, nor eternality enough, even in the time-space continuum, he, the Father, had to appoint presiding deities over this aspect of life, and therefore there is a hierarchy, a spiritual hierarchy, and there is a plan that is part of hierarchy. It is the supreme court of this solar system. It rules over the affairs of every individual. It administers divine justice, and it functions by divine decree. But God himself has nothing whatsoever to do with destructing or destroying man or creating retribution. This is all, mind you, completely the act of man. Man sends out iniquity into the world. Man receives iniquity back. And Jesus stated it very clearly. He said, with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you again. And this is the law. It is impersonal. It has no grudge against anyone. It is simply, you push the A key on the adding machine and the A key prints on the tape. The moving finger writes and having writ moves on and all thy piety and wit cannot cancel out one line of it. So when we understand the divine nature, which very few people do, and I do not say this from an ivory tower, but I say it with the authority of Almighty God, knowing of which I speak. I have seen with my eyes God in my flesh, and I have seen him in the flesh of others, and I know him as the sacred fire. I know him as all wisdom, all power, and all love. You may call it omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. But a rose known by any other name smells as sweet. And God's love, which is in your heart, is far more vital and capable of being vitalized than most people realize. They are so involved in the doctrine of personal salvation, the finding of their way back to God according to some man's idea and concept and misinterpretation of the scriptures, that they are without knowing it in the gall of human bitterness. And God wants to free us all from that. He wants us to meet the Master. He wants us to meet the Master to know them face to face. I know many of the Masters, and they are real. They are more real than all of you put together. They are more real than I am in my outer self. They resemble only the luminous God self. And the Masters have spoken again and again in various ways to men, and men do not heed what the masters have to say. They become tired, they become bored, they say, I've heard it before. But what they don't know is that man is a ploy, a chessman, a checkerboard square. Man is sitting here and there are forces that are pushing man around, and they are not all benign. 
I used to believe and dream as a little boy that the world was a place of great beauty and so it is when you really can see it. But man, today, knows something is wrong with the world but does not know what it is. He knows there's something wrong with himself but he doesn't know what it is. What it really is is that he is sitting here like a sitting duck and the great molding power of spiritual beauty from within himself is bringing pressure to bear on man to externalize his natural god estate. This accounts for the discontent of the soul in man. Do you know that God is crucified in you today? Do you know that your body is a cross? And that God is crucified on that cross of matter, of material substance? Do you know that that part of you, which is real, which God has given to you, is crucified then in that matter which you have and cannot go free? until such a time as you return to him. He is bound willingly, but it is not a comfortable state even for the Godhead, for your soul is like a little drop of water taken out of the infinite ocean and held on the hand and finger of God and put down into your soul as a drop of his reality. It does not have the size of the ocean, but it has the quality of the ocean. And so in every heart, God is there. He pulsates, he gives life, he's the flame, he's reality. Most people leave him as he is. When they first take breath, they leave that little precious seed of God, that little tiny precious seed of the divine flame, they leave it there exactly the same size it was when they were born. They never nourish it. It doesn't expand. They use it. They burn that flame at both ends, sometimes in the middle. Then when the economy of their life is run out, there is no spiritual problem. When God actually works in the soul, through the alchemy of transformation, the flame that is only one-sixteenth of an inch high at the time you were born grows to an inch, grows to a foot, and grows to full stature in you until God walks the earth through you. And you are not yourself, but God is in you. And he is speaking in you. And he blinks your eyes. And he sees through your eyes and he hears through your ears and he ministers through your hands. And after a while you don't see yourself anymore. There's a mirror of reality. And as you gaze in that mirror, a white mist forms upon it. And that mist is the human person. And by and by that mist vanishes. And then you see God standing there facing you. That is the meaning of the pure in heart shall see God. When the mist of mortal illusion is purified from the mirror of life, then man can see the reflection of God in himself. Ah, yes, seeing through the mist of mortal illusion. You know, that's what we're here to do. Okay, after a short break, we will return for our weekly Q&A, today with Narrowly Duffy. Please stay with us.
visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. So, Nearly, Terry, let's yes. continue where we left off last week talking about how to get home. Now, we've said many times that this is the goal of life, to ascend and return to the universal consciousness of God. So, what gets in our way? (laughs) (laughs) We do. (laughs) We get in our own way, and we allow others to get in their way, too. Oh, no kidding. You know, there was a, I don't know if you've seen this video on um, YouTube or not, it's um, the two wolves inside me. Are you familiar with this? It shows a wolf with a blue eye and and a yellow eye. And it's a grandfather talking to his grandson who's oh. just been subjected to something that was very terrible. He said, you know, inside of all of us, there's this, this ravenous beast and also this kind animal, you know, and they, they both are true to a certain nature. And the young boy asked his grandfather, well, Grandpa, which, which one wins? Mm-hmm. And he said, the one I feed. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, yeah. I thought, whoa, that all of the stuff that goes on in our lives, mm. we are accountable. Mm-hmm. We're not victims. It's not anything accidental. Mm-hmm. This is what we get to experience is what Mark Prophet was talking about, the consequences of our actions. That what we set in motion, in fact, you used a keyboard, as you recall, that you press the A, a key, the you get a, key a on the on thing. The register, yeah. It's cause and effect. Yeah. You know, so when those that. things happen in your life, you just look for the cosmic message. Well. You know, what, what's going on? What is it that we can embrace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and what's easier to do, you know, to reject, to repel, to to rail against, whatever it is, or to uh, say, uh, you know... I'll Some degree of acceptance. Gratitude. Yeah, gratitude. Thank you, God, for this message. Yeah. Thank you for this affliction. What am I supposed to learn from it? Yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, we've, we've often said mm. that it's a travesty that so much has been withheld from us concerning our true divine natures and potential, and complaining about it certainly mm-hmm. does no good. So what can we do to get reacquainted with our higher selves? 
Well, I think the first step, again, is awareness, being aware, just knowing that you have a higher self. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, that's quite a step. And then just pay attention to that higher self. Think about it, meditate on Mm -hmm. it, visualize it, call it forth. We have that beautiful tube of light decree. Beloved, I am presence bright. Round me, seal your tube of light. You know, just those few phrases can bring forth that very manifestation that you're looking for. So just try it. Well, you know, uh, putting on the Christ seems to be a tall order. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it seems like a really huge thing. Yet it's it's uh, really the road we all must take if we choose the path of the ascension, isn't it? Mm. Well, well, Moses said, you know, ye are gods. Mm-hmm. You already are a god in the making. You just have to become it in manifestation. Mm-hmm. And we just do it by becoming more and more of our Christ self in action every day. You don't have to do it overnight. You don't form the Christ overnight. But you are the Christ in action every day. So you're going back to what would Jesus do? What would my Christ self do? Just wake up in the morning and say, beloved Holy Christ self, please show me what I should do today. (laughs) For each person that comes my way, you know, what is the kindest contribution I can make? And really it's the it's the only road to take. And Jesus said, No man cometh to the Father but by me. He wasn't talking about me himself. He's talking about the Christ consciousness, the Holy Christ self that we all have. Yep. And in a rather oblique fashion, this kind of brings us to a topic we'd like to talk about from time to time. That is that while in the course of our conscious lives, we are able to make certain decisions that will inform us and uh, lead us, you know, to a higher place. But we also have the opportunity to Mm. go to etheric retreats at night when we sleep. Mm. And our soul goes there for further education, understanding, for study. And can you tell us a little bit more about these retreats of the Ascended Masters? You like... Where are they, and and how can we go there? Oh, that's a great question, because really, um, as Mar Prophet was saying earlier, you know, the Ascended Masters are more real than we are. (laughs) The heaven world is more real than this one, even though, you know, we we knock on it Mm -hmm. and we say this is real. But there's a greater reality. So these etheric retreats are located in the heaven world, in the etheric plane, above the earth. They're away from the pollution and the energies of the world, They're often located over the high mountain ranges, over special places where there are important currents of energy that crisscross the earth. Uh, They're often over the large cities of the world, and so it's kind of no accident that someone will, you know, walk across the desert and say, I'm going to build a city here. (laughs) And they're actually tuning into the fact that there's an etheric retreat right over it. As above, so so below. As above, so below. So we can (laughs) visit them while our bodies sleep at night, and we can make a call to be taken Mm -hmm. to those retreats. That's, I love that. I, uh, this whole concept uh, <laughs> it was was such a um, was so great to me that I, I wrote a song about it, you know, and mm. because I wanted to express in song, and it's just it's a very simple song, but it tells people that what, what's what the name goes of on. your song. Um, it's uh, it's to the tune of the uh, of Brahms lullaby. Mm. Oh, you know? I think I've heard your. Have, song. You, have you heard it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll play it sometime. Well, yeah. you know, but you, you definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll cue it up and. Spin it. <laughs> it's 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 really sweet, and I can say that because it comes from another source. You know, yeah, yeah. it comes from on high. You know, I think everything that we do that is of good comes from yeah. on high. It comes through our higher self. It's often an inspiration from the heaven world. Right. 
And the more we can tap into that, the better solutions we're going to find to, you know, the treatment of cancer or the solution to the economy or, you know, God, government, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. We don't, we, we, we don't own these things. It's, you know, praise God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember the name. It's called Let This Old Lullaby Take Me Into God's Arms. Mm. Okay. And, uh, well, let me ask you this narrowly. Why don't we remember more about our <laughs> yes, journeys as we go to the we? master's retreats? I think there's two reasons. One is probably because our consciousness is not yet attuned to the divine. And the other is that if there's no direct purpose to remembering it exactly the next day because you don't really need it on the outer, you know, it's like you do a course on the inner, you know, you learn all the mathematics or whatever, but right. you may not be necessarily using it the next day. You don't remember it. Okay. So I think the important thing to to understand is you may be recalling more than you think. Some people do remember what they learn at the retreat. Some people do uh, come back with a sense of, oh, I met a teacher, I was in a classroom, or there's some kind of symbol in my dream, or maybe I just know when I wake up what to do about that problem that I was thinking about when I went to sleep. And you may re- remember receiving a teaching or a concept. Very important to have a pa- pad of paper and a pencil beside your bed because have you noticed that it fades really quickly? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, you try to write that. down your dreams and no. then, you know, by breakfast you can't even remember a thing. So... um you need to be able to apply it directly in your life. And then the more you apply it, the more can be released. If they release something to you mm-hmm. in the heaven world and you bring it back, if you don't act on it, you might not get much more for a oh, while until you do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, another corollary in this topic has to do with whether or not we're sponsored mm-hmm. by certain ascended masters. And I, I think I know the answer is that we are <laughs> sponsored by certain of uh, the ascended masters, but... Do they choose us? Do we choose them? Um, or is it some combination of the two? Well, you're right. Each one of us is sponsor, sponsored by sometimes one or more Ascended Masters, and they meet with us um, before we take embodiment, and they say, I will work with you, I will sponsor you, and I will find a way to contact you when you get down there, and we'll work together. Basically, the Master chooses us. Mm-hmm. We don't choose the Master. The Master chooses us. And the Master has often had his eye on us, for lifetimes. Right. And so when you make that reconnection, you see a picture of Master, you go, boy, I know him. <laughs> I, I've seen him before. Something familiar. Something familiar there. So, yeah. and, and important to make contact with that sponsoring Master. If you don't know who it is, start with El Moria. It's yeah. a really good place to start. Yeah. Well, do we somehow graduate through different levels of the Master's sponsorship? In other words, mm. as we prove <laughs> our worthiness, and, and you kind of touched on this just a moment ago, uh, because if, if we don't do anything with something, well, then we're unworthy. But if we if we prove our worthiness, do we move upward through yeah. the ascended ranks? And absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just like school. The schoolroom's <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. The schoolroom's down here. You start in kindergarten. Kindergarten is when you're looking, you're seeking. And then you go to the next step and you say, you know, I really like this. I really want to study it more. I want to be a chila or a student. Mm-hmm. And then you go up to the next level, which is, you know, I really I really want to be a disciple. And And ultimately, you can be you know, a friend to the master. So you start by developing a relationship with the master, pray to him or her, ask for their help, give their mantras, help the master and serve their cause, and send your love to the master. And then, as you serve the master, 
he helps you. It's a two-way street. Uh, I see. Yeah. I like that. You know, yeah. I don't know why I was going off in my mind thinking about the nuns when I was in grade school, Catholic <laughs> school, that there was a certain hierarchy. Yeah, there is. The nice, sweet nuns were there from kindergarten to first grade, and then they got more severe as we got older. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, did you notice that in Mark Prophet's lecture, he talked about the spiritual Supreme Court? Yes. And so our Supreme Court is based on a spiritual body. Yeah. You right. know, you have elders in the... Native American tribes, you know, mm-hmm. the, they're a council of, of elders. And so a lot of things that we have in this world are actually modeled on the heaven world. Yeah. You know, we uh, talked last week, and I think we've mentioned it already a couple of times this week, the fact that the way back to God is something that we choose, you know, that there's accountability certainly for our actions, but that this is not something that is automatic, that we we basically choose this. And because we have free will, I'm imagining that, that God... <laughs> must have foreseen what the world's condition would be in. You know? It's kind of amazing that he gave yeah. his free will, isn't it? You yeah. think, Whoa, that was a <laughs> I risk. Know. But know. you know what? There was no other way for it. So we created it. We can uncreate it. We can change it. Well, yeah. But I think this is an important point to stress is that despite the heaviness, despite the fact that it looks almost like an insurmountable yeah. <laughs> objective, we do have the power yeah. to change it. If we have to simply choose to exercise that power. And, and you have to know that you have that power. That's what we talk about when we say we are co-creators mm-hmm. with God. We, this is his energy we're using. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Well, anyway, we've got to take a break right now, but don't go away. Because okay. when we return, we'll have more on God, Christ, maybe even fallen angels, life, and the journey home to God. Yes. Oh, Stay with us. God. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. 
Yes, sir. We're back for more, and we hope you are, too. I'm back. <laughs> I'm here. I'm not leaving. <laughs> well, Terry, why don't you take the first shot here? Okay. It's kind of chaotic out there in the world today oh. and, and challenging, to say the least. Yeah. So, you know, with that, it's a little easy to feel isolated and alone. Hmm. But, you know, we're really not alone. And, and isn't it true that we, all we have to do is ask the angels, and they'll rush to our side in an instant and render comfort and spiritual camaraderie? Well, I'm really glad you brought that up because it is the number one tactic of the fallen angels to make you feel alone. You are the only one that's ever experienced this problem. Right. Um, you are isolated, and you're never going to solve this. You know, that's what they do. They isolate you from other spiritual seekers. And that's what's so great about this program is you're connecting with people all over the world that think the same way that you do. So, yes, we are not Mm -hmm. alone. And the angels will rush to your side in an instant, but they do need your call. It's a cosmic law. You can't enter in with the fellowship of the angels unless they have permission to enter in. So it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You've got to, you've got to make the call. So all you have to do is just say, Archangel Michael, Michael help, help me. And yeah. that's it. That's it. He's there. And he's there. He's there. You know, you, um, you brought up something again. Um, we, of course, everything we say probably brings up something like this. Um, but the Strategies of Light and Darkness mm-hmm. uh, is a book mm-hmm. that we have published. It's been, uh, gosh, that's mm-hmm. probably 30 years ago. I'm not sure how long. Oh, no. Not that long? About. Fifty. Was oh, that all? <laughs> uh, well, in my time. That's oh okay. Well, they, they things in that book are mentioned. They yeah. probably go back a little further, but nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless, strategies of light and darkness mm-hmm. will help you to understand how the fallen ones operate, what kind of ploys and plots mm-hmm. and strategies they use and their tactics, and what you can do to counteract yeah. those. Plots and ploys and strategies. 33 strategies of darkness and 33 strategies of light. Answer to every one of them. Isn't that something? Fantastic. Well, you know, um, by the way, I love that spiritual camaraderie. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, Well, let's talk a bit more about how and what this angelic aid that Mm -hmm. we can can call for might look like. You know, for instance, we can call in the name of our I Am Presence and the Holy Christ selves for our guardian seraph Mm -hmm. to armor us in light. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can each do this first thing in the morning, which is a, a very nice way to start the day. What else well, can we do? Well, do? well, it sure is. I mean, having a flaming <laughs> seraphim nine feet tall with six shiny rainbow-colored wings, three on each side, <laughs> protecting and healing you and Ooh. sealing you and healing you in the morning. Yeah, yeah. what's not to like? <laughs> will he wow. fit in my car? That's yeah, all. Will he, he will. <laughs> he totally fit in your car. In fact, 12 of them will fit in your car. Oh, good. Because how many angels fit on the for front, front seat of a Toyota? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those things where everybody used to try to climb oh. into the uh, the car or into the, the Volkswagen? Yeah. A certain, yeah. a certain yeah. ethnic fire drill, yes. we call it. won't yeah. be specific there. <laughs> well, there's lots of angels. And um, in fact, there's so many that they have to have the Holy Christ self, which is the chief guardian angel, to coordinate them all. Otherwise, it could be chaotic. Uh. <laughs> no, angels are pretty pretty well ordered. They they follow their leaders. Well, they know how to not get in each other's way. Mm-hmm, I'm sure, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. unlike us. I'll take this one. Yeah. I'll rescue him from the. I got yeah. I got shot. I got down. this one. <laughs> well, you, you, over to you. Do you think people would would behave differently if they knew no. for certain that there was an angel by their side? Oh boy, I think they might. And I want to tell you an example of that. My dad was in World War II in Papua New Guinea. Uh-huh. And he was walking along a trail, and the guy in front of him got shot, the guy behind him got shot. And for a while, he was a young man in his 20s, mm-hmm. he could not figure out, why not me? Mm-hmm. 
until one of the New Guinea natives, they called them Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels Mm -hmm. because they had fuzzy Mm -hmm. hair, and they would help take out the wounded. And he said to him, would you know why you weren't shot? Because on either side of you was an angel, a shining white angel. And this New Guinea native could see because he had his third eye open. And so my father immediately said, I have a purpose in life. I have something that I have to go back and to do. And so all his life he knew that there was a purpose to his life. Wow. And, and I think one of, he, he said that one of his purposes was to be the father of his four children, to give those children life. One of them was me, and I said, thanks, Dad, yeah. for an opportunity. So just think about your life. You are here. It's real. There's a reason. You find that divine purpose, and you go for it. Right. And it may be doing exactly what you're doing now. But if you're getting that nagging little knocking on the <laughs> on the shoulder like there's something else, pay attention and ask God, what is it? Mm-hmm. What you, else? Do you remember the show we did not long ago about angels? And we made the point repeatedly that there's no whimsy involved here. This is not some kind of fantastical uh-uh. construct. These mm-hmm. are real, real live yeah. entities. Be it, not entities, I shouldn't say that word, but these beings. are beings in our lives, in our worlds. They're constant companions. Mm. You know, I, I love the, the you thought You can walk that. and talk with them. Yeah, and you, and you can, and I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They even talk back. They do talk back <laughs> in the little small voice inside your head. You know, I know I asked you this last week, but uh, I, think, I think it bears repeating. Regarding enlightenment, consciousness, and the spiritual path, if you had, and I, I wonder, <laughs> you don't have to have just one, but if you had a, one or two <laughs> books to suggest that our listeners could own and study, what would they be? Well, my answer is the same as last week. I'm going to switch the two. (laughs) Okay, good. But the first one is called The Chila and the Path. It Mm -hmm. covers the basics of the spiritual path, how to walk it step by step and how to develop a relationship with the masters. The second one is The Science of the Spoken Word because it covers the basics of the power of God in your life and how you can access that power of your higher self through prayer and meditation and the dynamic decree. Ah, Mm. Very good. (laughs) Well, the, uh, the teachings of the Ascended Masters have been likened to pure water Mm. that will absolutely quench the soul's thirst for Mm. truth and freedom. So what is it that makes these teachings so pure? That's a very good question. How can we guarantee the purity and the truth of these Mm -hmm. teachings? It lies in the mantle or the cloak of light which the messenger who delivers the teaching wears. It's at inner levels, and it's her safety and, and Mark Prophet's safety, it enables them to do the job of being a messenger. And so when that word is delivered, it's pure, it's undefiled. Your soul knows it, and your soul recognizes that truth. Mm-hmm. And that's why in the book of Revelation it said, if anyone tampers with this book, his name will be removed from the book of life. And you think, why would they have to say that? Because there were fallen angels who would tamper with the Bible and remove the truth. Yeah, well, and we know that for a fact because of the Apocrypha, among yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh, I think it was last week you mentioned this too, that um, when we're talking about the purity of the teachings, Mark Prophet, when he ascended, mm. actually went to the Akashic Records because mm-hmm. he was curious to know yes. just how pure yeah. are these teachings, and he was quite astounded. He was quite described. astounded that um, he was expecting maybe 80, 85%. It was more like... Something like 97, 98%. <laughs> it was a very pure and very profound teaching. And so we continue that tradition. We're very careful with what we say and the words yeah. and getting the concepts exactly right because it's so easy to introduce error. And then you one degree off and in 2,000 years you're way on Well, when he was talking field. in the yeah. lecture excerpt we heard today, I think he mentioned that a couple of times about how man, mankind 
and I will paraphrase here, but uses their own lens mm. to interpret mm. either what they consider to be the intentions of mm. God or their own good intentions, for that matter, mm. without really vetting that against what would we you know the the impersonal truth. And I think they did even say that 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 God, in that respect, in His love, is in the law is impersonal. Yeah, impersonal. You know, so that. But anyway, I like the idea that the truth, yeah. the, the percentage of accuracy, could be that high. Yeah, we can't say that's a guarantee, everybody. But um, the fact but that these people... But your soul knows that. We soul, exactly. Your that's soul the point knows is the soul knows. You know, I knew, I knew it when I first heard this. Yeah, I, I did wow, too. Wow, okay, this is real. I, yeah. can, I can hang my head on this one. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Do you think there's hope for spiritual <laughs> seekers in the West yeah. that they can embrace the idea of the universal Christ as the true message of Jesus? I mean, we're, we're hearing things that he taught in the upper room. Mm-hmm. That are now coming to the surface, but the the whole the whole ball game, so to speak. I think there's always hope, and I think the source of your identity is God, which is hope. And if you are able to be that integrated self by your free will, you become a part of that moving stream of universal consciousness, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then God moves through you, and then you become real, and no one can take that away from you. And I think when people experience that, they know it. And that's the freedom and the liberation that we spoke yeah. of before. You know, we, we often try to find ways and arguments for presenting certain concepts to, particularly to the Western mind, and we all had to go through it ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't remember what, how old I was when I really embraced the idea of reincarnation, the law of karma, the cause mm-hmm. and effect. But nonetheless, I did. Mm. I wonder how we, how we give that. Our audience needs to have a way for that to have a comfortable place to live in their soul and their hearts and their consciousness. You know, that these concepts like the universal Christ, mm. where, how do you well, sell you know, that? that? Yeah, but that you don't have to sell it because that law is written in your inward part and you recognize it. People just recognize it. Mm. They will, you know, if it's true, they will, it'll, it'll speak to them. Yeah, amen. Have you ever found that? You know, you look at a book and you go, I have to have that. Yeah, yeah. It speaks to you. Right now. I would follow my head. Well, I think we have done it again. Another hour has simply vanished. Um, Thank you both very much. It's always, you know, it's very great to be able to share this opportunity to share these teachings. Yeah, and thank you, Nerly. Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. Um, We've we've come to the end. I want to say thank you, as we always do. We're so grateful that you're there listening to this. You're the other end of this equation. Without you, we'd have no reason to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, keep in touch with us. You know, ask us questions yeah. at webradio at tsl.org. If you have anything, we'll respond to you one way or another. And we're grateful that you're out there listening. We are indeed. And two things, real quick. One is, remember this, that uh, worry is praying for what you don't want. Just kind of mm. meditate on that. <laughs> and also, in the meantime, remember that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. 